Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the war room. We got Tez, Q, Jimmy, PJ, B. Austin, a hot block commander. How you wanna end up one or two hours show and keep the brain running with the premises talk sports on a national level. Full with the topic, sort of like the rubber. When it's game time, they like the Fab Five doing prime time. Sports conglomerates speak their minds a little bit. For sports medicine and sports veterans and greats. The 4 for 26, so the war ain't can wait. It's the war room with five nights at the round table. Five silly guys diversified and educated. What up, what's good, War Room family? You're once again live in the War Room, brought to you by War Room Sports on the War Room Sports Podcast Network. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Dev McMillan. I'm at the War Room Roundtable with my brothers. As usual, we got Jimmy the Blueprint and the ball B. Austin in the building. We're in week 19 of no sports except for the basketball tournament and some random boxing matches due to the global pandemic COVID-19. Look, sports at this point are pretty much a mixed bag right now with some nearing return while others are altering and or canceling their fall activities. There's a lot of that going on in college athletics. The NBA bubble is in full effect, so we're going to discuss bubble life. And in the second hour, we'll be talking to Antonio Michel, author of highly acclaimed the high, highly acclaimed novel, excuse me, What Follows. What follows is a predictive novel about exactly what is happening right now with McCore Maker. Um, so we're going to talk with Antonio a little bit about everything related to that decision. So keep it locked right here in the war room. If you want to get in on the conversation, you know what to do. Sign in right now to the By the Hood chat room at blogtalkradio.com slash the war room. Or you could join us on Facebook or Twitter at War Room Sports. We'll also be taking your calls in the first hour only, though, because like I said, we're going to have a guest. For much of the second hour um, But we're going to take your calls in the first hour On the Digital Extreme Tech Hotline At numbers 323-410-0012 But before we get started Make sure, like we always tell you During the week, we're not live on the air Just make sure you check us out um, On the War Room Sports Podcast Network You can do that at the hub Warroomsports.com um, And wherever you do your podcast listening man, You name a, a podcast uh, Platform we're likely to be there. So if you want to check out the War Room, if you want to check out uh, other podcasts on our network, you can do it there. What up, bros? How y'all living in your own bubbles <laughs> this week? You know, man, maintaining, you know what I'm saying? Staying out the way. You know, staying with the mask on. You're not complaining about the food or nothing, are you? Uh, you know, oh good. no no no! Shout out to Instacart, yo, t- yo. Matter of fact, no yeah. shout out to them, man. Y'all ain't cut a check, but yeah, cut that check. Yeah, cut that check. But that being said, yeah. you know what I'm saying I'm getting them IC grubs delivered, so you know everything is love. <laughs> what about you, B? B ain't in no bubble, but how's your bubble? The COVID made it inside my bubble. Uh, made it inside my bubble. A little, yeah, a little too close what, for comfort. Oh, what what happened, man? Y'all good? Yeah, we good. We good. But uh, one of the uh, young gentlemen that uh, was training with us has uh, has come down with it. No symptoms, no nothing. But it was it was interesting. Right. Prayers up to the to the young buck, man. Um, I hope it stays Absolutely. that way. That no no uh, symptoms you know, appear because, you know, we don't want anybody going through that, especially the youngins. 
Um, but yeah, you know, quarantine him off. Make sure you don't spread that to the rest of the team or the adults. Uh, it's crazy times we're living in, man. It's, it's fun. It's crazy that you know it's like every week for the past eighteen, nineteen weeks when we've been you know without sports, still coming on the air, you know, to give you guys what we do every week live. Like we've talked about it, like every week of this person, that person, and who else has been affected, man. It's getting a little tiring. But look, we're going to move on. We're going to get off of the the, the sad part of the show, and we're going to move on. We're going to get to some hot topics. Yeah, yeah, we're going to move things in the up direction real quick. We're going to get to some hot topics brought to you by my bookie. Look, when when sports finally return, if COVID ever allows that, uh, you guys can make a lot of money sports betting at MyBookie. If you still haven't checked out MyBookie, you can get your account up and running right now. So when, you know, you're ready to get back and the games are ready to get back and they do return, you can lay down some cash on the biggest games in sports by joining us, the War Room, and thousands of other online players placing bets at MyBookie.ag. Not .com, not .net, MyBookie.ag. If you guys are tired of getting excuses when it's time to collect on your bets, that's why we urge you to give my bookie a try. You win, they pay out fast, no hassle. You're basically wasting your time sports betting anywhere else. They even have in-game live betting, so you can place wagers after the game starts. So join now, and my bookie will match 50% of your first deposit up to $1,000. Just use the promo code WARROOM, all caps, W-A-R-R-O-O-M, all one word, to activate this offer. Visit mybookie.ag today, play, win, and get paid. That's all there is to it. All right, so let's talk about this NBA bubble um, that people basically heard about for the last few months. It has now come to fruition. We talked a little bit about it last week. Um, But the NBA bubble might be the most interesting thing on social media at this point because, you know, because of the times that we live in, everybody's walking around with a camera. Um, If it's not a real video camera it's at least a smartphone so a lot of the players are vlogging their everyday activities um some of them uh shout out to matisse Thibel from the 76ers he's gone as far as editing editing the material and giving you a professional production um every other day from the bubble so i know you guys have seen some of this stuff man what's some of the more interesting things that you've seen happening in the um, bubble thus far. Privilege, pri- well, privilege well, manifesting itself. And shout out to the Greek calling it out. My bad, Jimmy. No, it's all good. I was just going to say, man, you know, I-, I told them weeks ago, man, the NBA missed out on the greatest opportunity for a reality show. I said this to y'all in a group a while ago. I'm like, yo, this is, they could have made a, like, big brother competition off this joint or something, man. And, you know, <laughs> instead of having, like, competitions within the show, you got to shoot hoops. But, I mean, they missed out on an amazing yeah. opportunity. Yep. Shout out to the players for taking advantage. You know what I'm saying? Now, I think now, the most interesting thing I've seen the, thus far was J.R. Smith drawing so much that the NBA told him to stop. Because my man was basically right, having right. his own Truman show, showing the good, the bad, yeah. and the Because that's, Yo, what, that's how it all started last week. He got back in the league yeah. and got right back to business of being a, right, a Richard right. Head. Got right Everybody, back to Last week's story was how much everyone was complaining about everything going on in the bubble. They're talking about the food the accommodations, um, uh, which, which was kind of weird for me because, you know, so many people did video record, 
you know, what was going on in their surroundings, like you're looking as a quote unquote normal citizen, you know, even one of, you know, pretty, pretty, pretty good means. Like you look and you say, okay, they're complaining about this room. Like if I was to stay in that room at Disney for like a week, I'm good. But they're walking into these rooms like, what is this? <laughs> I'm like that NBA life got these dudes a little bit spoiled at this point. But B, yeah, they you, you said something about but my privilege man, manifesting man. itself and Greek freak calling it out. I, I'm not familiar with what you what you're talking about. What did I miss? So yeah, the Greek freak in the midst of the players complaining about the size and the type of accommodation, Greek freak was like, listen, man, I grew up. I grew up in an apartment about the same size as most of y'all closets. Not to say that I grew up in the closet because I wasn't with the rainbow, but he was, he was just saying that coming up as a young boy, he, you know, he wasn't from privilege. And so to, to, to come back to this, he still feels blessed, blessed and privileged to be able to, now he could be fronting just for social media and for the clicks and the sport, but, it, it seemed like a genuine thing, and it was cer- certainly a nice thing for him to say. Like, look, I'm still super blessed to even be able to be here and to play, so I'm not Yo, concerned about the accommodation. But I think to I think to Dev's point, like, come back to this. Like, that's the problem. The problem is, like, there's nothing wrong with like what you quote unquote call this. Now, um, back in my younger days when I was, you know, doing sot nefarious activities, I've been in some crazy uh, <laughs> hotel and motel rooms, but. Right. Um, these, See, these accommodations worse. weren't bad. I, careful, I think, I think careful, bro. Like, I said, I said back in the day, man. That's my disclaimer, man. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, um, my point is, it, 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 they're they're not that bad to begin with. That's what's crazy. Like, and, and also another interesting point, Dev, when Dame Lillard had his video where he was on their shadow boxing and it went like you know semi-viral where he was putting his post up. Dame remain looked like everybody else. I don't know whether. <laughs> Dame staying somewhere else, like Dame had a suite. I'm like, hold up, Dame room don't look like uh, he don't look like J.R. Smith. He don't look like um, you know, everybody else that showed their room. Uh, Matisse, Dame staying somewhere else. And I also Dame. noticed, and I put this up to you the other day. I'm like, I also noticed mm-hmm. they haven't shown Brian's room. So, uh, Brian's I think that room. certain, certain players, unless unless Brian unless you seen them, Jimmy, and I missed them, they haven't shown LeBron. And one of his teammates I, is they, one of the guys doing a daily vlog of JaVale McGee. I saw a and picture, he, but I'm not sure whether it was old or from this. It said, like, Brown was at a practice. But I'm like, right. maybe they, like, because I didn't see them either, like, on a live drone, but it was a picture they showed. I'm like, they probably Photoshopped them in there. But either way, yeah, you I, ain't I think seen his Brown accommodations, in, man. I think Brown is in L.A. still, and um, he's on the, the daily private NBA jet to pra- practice plan. <laughs> we ain't and seen Harden's probably, room. We ain't it, seen, and even that is optional. We ain't seen Harden's room. Like the, the, those those upper echelon guys, as my man Styles right. people say, those upper echelon guys. We haven't seen their rooms. Well, um, well, James Harden just arrived like yesterday. So yeah, um, in the glimpse I saw got, James' room, he wasn't no. saying where everybody else was staying. <laughs> now, Dame, I'm I'm thinking because remember. A few weeks ago, there was a lot of talk about Dame not eating, not even wanting to play. So maybe you think you think maybe there was some incentive thrown out there for man, him. Let's, like, you know, let's put it like this: my man room. Dame got a yo, my man Dame got a studio in his job, man. It was a picture <laughs> of him. He got a studio. He he's still doing his other job. He working his parts, his side gig while he there. Like, 
Dame ain't living with the rest of them dudes, man. And, and I'm also thinking this, Jim. I'm like, even if they were trying to throw some incentive out there for Dame Lillard to to come to the bubble and play, would the would the Portland Trailblazers, as an organization, even have suites? Like, where do they fall in the <laughs> in the pantheon of yeah. NBA totem poles? Like, how many hotels <laughs> are they occupying? That's what I don't understand. I don't know, man. I don't know. Because but it is interesting content nonetheless. Uh, at least three, two or three Disney parks. I know the Magic Kingdom and Animal Kingdom, at least. They're both reopened. So, I'm like, they can't be occupying all of the Disney hotels because, they, you know, they got guests down there now. Yo, man, shout out to um, the Twitter account at NBA Bubble Life. Someone had the, the genius idea to create a Twitter account and then like, you know, um get all the content together, aggregate all the content from the various players and put it in one place. So, you know, yeah. that's how I keep up to date with what's going on. All the different, you know, nonsense and challenges. Have you guys heard about this uh anonymous tip line? Which is basically a line that you can yeah, call the snitch. The Takashi basically a snitch line. Um they said that the the, the line has already uh, received multiple calls with reports of players breaking the league safety protocol, which is what it's for. Um, <laughs> Rudy Gobert went, you know, went out of his way to say that the the anonymous tip line is petty. Um, but I wonder if they asked him in turn. Come like, on, man. You think it was Come petty on, when, Wrong person to say when you when, 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 you, when you rubbed all the microphones and breathed on the microphones. Is that petty? But um. <laughs> What do y'all think of that? No. I mean, because you know, we we come from those places where snitch culture is is frowned upon. But is this different? Um, this is Ice is on the line. Yeah, yeah. So, so Kizik, I you know, and I know we 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 ain't we ain't going into that. But I, I where society has gone with what snitching is and what it isn't. You know that that it's tattletaling. It's certainly tattletaling, but it ain't really snitching. <laughs> right. It ain't really so, so there's, like, a, there's a different not, levels to this. There's tattletaling and this and there and there's snitching. I, I hear what you're saying. I mean, at this at, in this instance though, like Jimmy said right off the bat, like you know, lives could actually be on the line for this. So I, I'm not really sitting right. around like, man, I'm. Uh, no snitching when these dudes are doing things and then coming back into this quote-unquote bubble, putting everybody else, including my life, in jeopardy, potentially. You know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I think it's serious enough to for for the, the anonymous tip line to be taken serious. I, sure. I, I, might, I, I, might jump on, I might jump on a call like, yo, these dudes just snuck back in here. Because I think it, it's different than you know, you you snitching on somebody because they broke curfew on norm, under normal circumstances. You know, college teams, they stand at the hotel, they're supposed to be on curfew. I think if you get on some anonymous phone call and you tell the coaches or, or the organization, yeah, these dudes was out. Um, they went to a party. They went out to get some yams after 1130. Now, that's that's different than what the implications could be here. Because like we said, these dudes, you go to the outside, like they've, they've gone out of their way to keep y'all in this 
this bubble, we got to keep using that term, um, and, and to keep everybody safe. I personally think I'm a, that I'm it's, a, it's impossible and it might not work in the first place, but for you to blatantly disrespect what everybody's trying to do and then put everybody else's health on the line, yeah, I think it's a snitchable offense. I'm I'm a I'm a help society out with what snitching is, man. Snitching, man, you, there, there's character flaws that are apparent with the person person who is snitching. Either a, they're not accepting personal accountability for their actions, or b, they have malicious intent towards someone else and wanna you know and wanna see them in the same circumstance and situation that that they're in. The 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 snitch line, quote unquote, is about helping other human beings that are inside of a situation where you want to keep the threat and risk of, of, of everyone's health, you know, at, at bay, man. Snitching is I did it and you did it. And I don't want to, I want to get out of facing the consequences and stand in what I did. So I'm going to tell on you so I can, that's snitching. This ain't, this ain't really snitching. This is tattletale. So, all right. Well, um, there's been uh, some more players added to the list of uh, the positive tests. Um, biggest one so far is Russell Westbrook. Uh, so he's away from his team, uh, still in Houston, I believe. And uh, he says he's fine, feeling fine, and he's looking forward to getting back to his team after it's all over. Um, Harrison Barnes has tested positive. Uh, Michael Beasley has tested positive and has had to leave the bubble as well. Um, besides those guys, there's been a couple of guys who had to re-quarantine because they broke the protocol. I don't know if they were, you know, found out by their organizations on their own or if somebody used that anonymous tip line that we just talked about. Uh, but one of those guys was Rashawn Holmes from the Sacramento Kings and uh, another Rocket player, Bruno I, I don't even know this dude. Bruno Cabolico. <laughs> Y'all familiar with his body of work? I don't even know how to say his last name. But he um they, they violated the protocols of the bubble, so they have to re quarantine, I believe, for uh ten days, um, before they can come back out and practice and all that kind of stuff with their team. So what would you guys deem as important enough to break protocol? you know, in this, in this bubble and, and risk having to be quarantined back in your room all alone for another 10 to 14 days and have everybody the else right level, with you. The, the right level of Luke Dancer. <laughs> Tonk it. Uh, I mean, that's like an alley-oop, man. So I'm like, am I supposed to just dunk this? I mean, you know, um, you already up there above hey. the rim. You might as well. <laughs> I mean, that's what that's, that's what getting them dudes do. They going outside the bubble. I hope it, it wasn't for a grub. Put it that way. I hope these dudes weren't complaining about the food so much that they had to sneak out and get get some food. Because I, I thought I heard somebody did that. Somebody got a delivery and they had to go past where they were supposed to go to get the delivery. I don't know if it was Holmes or or, or this other dude, but. That's just not man. Working. Listen, man. You 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 know what make a dude. You, you know exactly what makes a dude do that, man. The royal penis is the clean, bubble. your highness. <laughs> oh, they out here like 
they leaving they leaving the bubble they leaving the bubble to go find the bubble. I mean, what are you doing? <laughs> I guess. Yeah, definitely with him unnecessary alley. He ran all the way to the rim and just threw him like leave it like you know what I'm saying. It's like two and over the break. He's like throw the hoop for no reason. It was a rondo. I, I could have laid it out, <laughs> but I you know yeah. I'd rather get this. I got nine yeah. assists, so you know. Yeah, he tried to get double out here, man. Before we get to the phone lines, man, uh, we'll bring up this quote of the week, man. The quote of the week, it's a, it's a quick, simple one. I'm a cowboy and couldn't be happier. That's a quote from Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott after contract negotiations broke down on his long-term deal. And at this point, we're at Y'all gonna y'all gonna kill Zach like that. Yeah, but no, but this is this this happened after negotiations broke. His brother after he had to sit back and watch watch um Kansas City pull a mint (laughs) not even a truck, they just pulled the whole mint, the whole building up to uh to uh, their quarterback's house, Mahomes, or, or they just let, or they just let him Kermit. move in, Patrick Mahomes, um, Kermit the Frog, and, and Dak. This isn't like new. Like they've been back and forth with this ever since last season, and they still can't get anything done to his liking. But when asked about it, I mean, and I'm not expecting Dak to go out there and just bat off the team publicly, but I'm also not expecting him to say, you know. I'm happy to be a cowboy and there's no place I'd rather be and all of that kind of stuff when they just, you know, rejected you again on, on what you're looking for. Yeah, man. What you got to go full ride to Man, Dak, Dak, go- Dak, Dak, and Zeke, Dak and Zeke are the type of guys, and, and I don't know this to be fact, but I just get this energy from Dak where he might tell you that, that if it wasn't for uh, the blessing of Caucasian America, he wouldn't even be here. You should be thankful for the opportunity to to play foosball, man. I think that um he 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 always wants to come off a certain way. He's protecting his brand, but I expect mm-hmm. him to go full ride tit go full ride Tidwell at this point, and just like you know start barking on him to get your bread because at this point the market has been set. Even if you don't get more than him or whatever, the market's set now, doggy. So what are we even arguing about? Like what are we going back and forth about? Yeah. Well, the the argument the argument from the Cowboys side of the table, and, and and it's not correct. But from the Cowboys side of the table is we're valuing you based on Jared Goff and Carson Wentz. That's who that's who we're looking at, and maybe a little bit of Russell Wilson. We're not accepting of the fact that a there's a new CBA and b uh, Patrick Mahomes just got all the money. Ever. We're not, yeah. we're not, I mean, uh, we're not accepting but it, that. But it's impossible for them to look at it just that way because time changes. Mm-hmm. Like giving him mm-hmm. more money than Carson Wentz or somebody oh, right no, now. Oh, no, I know it's wrong. Yeah, it, it, it's not necessarily saying that he's better than Carson Wentz or, or some of the other guys that you named. It's just saying y'all just, you know, y'all just changed the market for quarterbacks. If you want to give this dude what you gave him, I'm not expecting that because I'm pretty sure Dak knows he's not going to say it on TV, but I'm sure he knows that he's not Patrick Mahomes at the at the current moment. I mean, he Mahomes has to, won a bowl, so right, he has to fall somewhere. I mean, even if it's, I mean, 
I'm hearing he's the, the off the his ass was somewhere around thirty four, thirty five million dollars a year with over a hundred million guaranteed. I heard actually that's what they offered him during this. No, they offered round. him that. They offered they offered him thirty five. Right. They offered him an average of thirty five. With over a hundred million guaranteed, and he turned that down. I mean, at some point, also that might be overvaluing himself, but at the same time, this is how the NFL rolls. <laughs> if you're a yep. starting quarterback, somebody gonna pay him. You have any level of success, and the top guy sets the market where Mahomes has set the market. If Dak is Jack able is to have a season 40. similar to the one he just had, if he's able to have a season similar to the one he just had, which was a pretty good and, season, and they and make the stay healthy, off. somebody's going to pay him. It may not be the Cowboys, yeah. but he's yeah. going to get that bread. So, but they, so, but they so might trade him for another year, like uh, like uh, yeah, yeah, they got more with. more taggage. Yeah, they got more tags. Thirty-one point four million this year. Which is nothing to sneeze at, mm-hmm. but you want you want some stability, you want some um, you want some protection, you want some long term. Yeah, man. Guarantee. And, and let's keep it a buck too. Let's keep it a buck. You are the you are the starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Now, as much as we want to hate them and, and, and act like that doesn't mean something, that means something. It does. Being the starting quarterback, being a starting quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys is like different than being a starting quarterback of the Raiders. Like that don't mean nothing. I was gonna get that shot out there. Ah. My bad. Shot, shot, but but shot I, see, I see what you did there. I see. What but but the point there. is, the point is that that means something. So yo, pay me like one. I mean, y'all paid Starbucks going back, back in the day. You paid it. You paid back Aikman. What's the difference between Roger Starbuck, Troy Aikman, and De- no, I'm, I'm sorry. Go ahead. De- <laughs> and Tony Romo. And Tony Romo. That but too. Dak he got the bag 40, too. Dak wants forty million a season. And Dak wants a four-year deal, so the deal that that and and this is speculative, so it hasn't been it hasn't been put out there. So shout out to me on my Poma tip, but he's looking for forty mil, four years because he wants his deal yo. to come up. He wants to be up. Yo. He wants to be up now. The, now the term the term and the time is actual. <laughs> the actual number, eh, I may be a little, yo. but he's looking for forty. Yo, be he wants four years. Made up. Yo, he, he wants, made up he his wants, yeah, he wants four. Wants yeah. four years, and he wants a he wants a a, a hundred plus guarantee on that four year deal. And the reason he wants a four year deal is he's trying to follow the LeBron model, which doesn't really work for football. But he wants to have multiple big time deals throughout hold his up, tenure as a starting back quarterback. Up. How, how do you, how you make the man? The hell out of that. <laughs> he just mm-hmm. broke news with no well. Because because I know what the cow I know what the Cowboys I know what the Cowboys offered and I know he said no way no how to that thirty five a year and uh, I, I I think I'm pretty I'm 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 spot I think I'm spot on man dude wanted forty of course you do he wanted one sixty he wanted one sixty and no he only fat. wanted the, he only wanted four years he only wanted four no, that's the no only fat. thing that is, yeah, that, that has been broken. That is fast. You don't know what Dak was. The term is. Dak might have went there. Four is fast. No, 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 no. Four years, four years is fact. Four years is facts, homie. That poem is fact. He didn't want to. He didn't want to take five years. He might have wanted four years to Hana. Like you don't know how much he asked for. He might be drunk. He might be really delusional. Nah, he also. If if he said five, if he said the two Hana, he he said five years. If you want to, if you want me to 
time for five. It means it'd be two hundred <laughs> with one fifty guaranteed. <laughs> Yo, Gavi in the chat room was like, whoa, wait a minute. I was here minding my business. <laughs> you took the shot at the Raiders. <laughs> yo, that's, yo, Skyview. That's, yo, that's with all due respect, brother. <laughs> with all due respect. Yo, that's what, that's, that's what people say when they're about to disrespect the you know, the, all right, so... Um, yeah, yo, you can say anything to anyone anywhere as long as you say with all due respect, though. Yeah. I'm not or, hating. Or, or just no disrespect. But you no disrespect. No disrespect. But your mom is you ugly. Right. And right. one leg is shorter than the other. <laughs> but no disrespect. All right, so stat of the week, man. Uh really to talk about just an update. Um there have now been seventy two positive uh COVID tests in the NFL. Um I saw a prototype of a helmet that everybody supposed to wear this coming season not not really the helmet there's just like a face shield that goes down to people's mouths to try to keep the spittle and the droplets and, and the aerosols and everything from flying around um i really don't know what can work when these dudes literally pile up on top of each other every play paul but i you know we'll see yeah what we say I want to risk it for our entertainment. We will be sitting right there and watching you. Good thing. It. It's a good thing. Uh, Bill Romanowski is not in the league no more because none of that would have yeah. mattered. He'd be out there giving people COVID on oh. purpose. All right, so let's let's go to the phone line <laughs> real quick. We got the homie Tobias on the line calling in from Arizona. Tobias, what's up? You in the war room? Roll damn Roll damn tired. I can't even uh, get on you today, Dad. You got to my call at a very decent time for what? I'm proud of y'all. That's, thanks, thanks. That's, that's only that, that's only because we got a guest coming on, so we gotta hurry up and save the time. Uh, oh man, oh, man. So, if it's, so, if it's so we, working, we got plenty of time. Now we gotta get to you, Nakers, early. You know, here's the thing with some of this like the bubble thing. One, they're already talking about Kawhi going to still do load management despite being all five months. I'm like, bro. So what, do, uh, what does load management Kawhi mean play? In, the, in the bubble league, though, uh, Tobias? That means he just doesn't come downstairs from his room at all, right? Because you yeah. can't risk COVID by sitting on the bench with your suit on. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I, was, I thought it was hilarious when I saw that story. But, uh, you know, well, people, I heard they were talking about it was a jail, like, like they going to jail. And even though we talked about it in the group chat, it's like, hey, you're still getting paid those millions of dollars to just do. But it's like, I, I kind of use, like, going to your deployments, military deployments, where you're gone, like, a couple months. You don't see your family get the uh, FaceTime or whatever, and the food ain't the greatest in the world. But like I always said, instead of worrying about that slogan you could have put on, you could have had Keisha do some catering. You know, or Jamal do some catering. Uh, you know, but uh, but yeah. And one thing I want to ask you guys, because you got some Sixers fans in here. Hey, all this talk from these pundits talking about what was the breakup then and uh, MV. And I'm thinking to myself, one, I thought it was a good idea for uh, what's his name, the coach, to uh, put him at power forward because uh, he could maximize him. He could guard Greek freak like that, but. My thing is, you make it work. You got two of the best people at their position. Make it work. That's 
think. Why would you trade any one of those guys? I agree with that, too. I, I, you know, I scoff at all of those stories that come out like, man, you're probably going to have to break them up because they, man, you got two of the best young players in the league. Find a way. Yeah. And, you know, I'm not, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm not, a, I'm not a proponent of I mean, fire Brett Brown, Brett Brown. I really don't do that with coaches these days anyway, man. Like, I I'm, I've passed a lot of points in my fandom where just stuff that I used to participate in, I just don't anymore. So I'm not really calling for people's jobs all like that. Yeah. But, but at to the that, same time, that, that. it's like if you can't make it work, then I got to find somebody who can make it work. Like that's too much talent. Yeah, I mean, yeah. You don't get rid of that. You don't get rid of that talent. Like why the steps when LeBron, uh, Chris, Chris Boshi, and Zaya's dad were together in Miami, they didn't really fit together. There was just too much talent for it not to work. In this case, experience will help. Go ahead, Jim. Here's what I will say. They better figure it out. Like, you know, I, I'm not a body language expert, but I watch enough of that TV show Lottery with Cal Lightman to know that they don't like each other. So they definitely don't like each other. But y'all don't have to like each other to win. So y'all got to figure it out. And, you know, but I don't know, like, how, how, how much time do you give them to figure it out where it, when it's clearly not going to be working? And you have to make a decision. I just don't know if we're there yet. We're not there yet. So I, yeah, I don't think shot we're Kawhi, anywhere near there. I mean, in today's yeah, NBA, we're living in where everything has to be sped up because, first of all, this team went from being the laughing stock to, to, to back-to-back 50-plus win seasons and advancing to the second round of the playoffs, and everybody's screaming about how that's not enough. Like, do y'all remember what their record was two seasons ago? And now hey, that's yeah. not enough? Like, <laughs> why is everybody in such a rush? Do you remember the days when teams had to build up to it and they had to earn it? You know why people don't remember those days? Because now people crap. Because those days are gone. There are actually people out there now. There's actually people out there now, like, holding. Trying to use that as an insult against Michael Jordan. Well, what did he do? He ain't win no chips the first seven years of his career. I'm like, what? Listen, man, <laughs> this is what we doing at, now. Ever since Buster Buster told us there was only two years left, everything changed after that, man. Everything got to get sped up, man. More points, you know what? more wins, more life. Extinction go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. is extinction level event. Shout out to Buster Buster. But, but but you know what? No, like, like in all fairness, they're gonna break it up. They were a lucky bounce from Kawhi Leonard from making the conference finals and probably the finals because they have the size and left to defend Giannis. And so they might have made the finals last year with that bounce from Kawhi Leonard. We just got to be honest about yeah. that. Yeah, they might have balls to the jump up. Hey, hey guys, can you hear me? 
We can hear you. You can't hear us? All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. What I was saying was that you got first take during segments talking about is the Eric King, King for the title. The dude just got in the damn league. No, they're <laughs> bored, man. They're yeah. bored. Uh, it kills me because they, it's like his championship, and they try, it's like they try to pressure Giannis to leave. He may be he, – yeah. he's from overseas. What people don't realize, those homes overseas are smaller than the state, so he's not chip on a small place. He may be happy in Milwaukee. It's like people understand. They may be a dang little happy in Portland. He doesn't win a title, doesn't win a title. And, and it kills me. They keep talking about what well, they got the Warriors going to trade for him. Like, people, you know Steph Curry was making like $10 million a year when they got KD. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks – the Milwaukee Bucks are not taking Andrew Wiggins. They gonna want Clay Thompson. Hey, Tobias, I'm on the other side. Get everybody out of these little flyover towns, man. Put everybody in big cities. Let's stop. Nobody cares about Milwaukee. Like, let's keep it. Let's keep it. Put him in Chicago. Let we need go. him in Chicago. There you go. Let him go to Chicago then. Get him out of these yeah. little flyover yeah. cities, man. Hey, I tell you, you know one thing. I mean, I know Dev has a guest. He always treats the guests better than he treats his regular callers, his hardcore callers. Boy, I tell you, but, uh, <laughs> hey, kind of like the black kind, the black man treats the white one better than the black man. But anyway, uh, you know, I'm messing, I'm messing with you, Dev. I love you, man. But y'all know, like that, right? I'm laughing. Hey, NFL guy, Dak Prescott, Shaq Barrett, some of these other cats. While y'all want to worry about smoking weed and having no practice time, think about that when you're getting that franchise pass. And, oh, yes, I'm talking to you, Fred Perdue. I know Fred hates running backs. I don't know who hates somebody more, Fred Perdue or running backs or Donald Trump or black folks. I don't know who hates, hates that more. But, uh, <laughs> but but the part where the Titans killed me, they gave Tannehill the $30 million. And more people tripped on Derrick Henry getting a deal then they did Tannehill getting the deal. And they didn't even want Tannehill throwing the damn ball. <laughs> so, it just tells me how people want to value that stuff. Derrick Henry already done, though. He they, he ran the ball like 60 million times last season. He gonna, I tell you, he going to go for like 950 this year after this deal. And then they're going to cut him. But it was a bad like deal, though. But it no, was, that's a good deal for the Titans because they got the two, two years, like two more years, and then he on his way and keep it moving. I thought it was a good deal. But even like with Dak Prescott, right? And I know you got, I know Dev has his guests and stuff. But uh, my guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> Dan, yeah, I know. <laughs> but with Dak, right? Uh, Jerry, if I was the Cowboys, if I wanted to pay, I would have paid him after year two to get the money. <laughs> I do think he's better than Jerry Goff because I'm sorry, I can't pay a quarterback thirty million dollars if the coach got to tell you everything to do before the fifteen seconds before they cut off your mic. But uh, right, they. They pay McNabb. Yes, what I'm saying. And I say you got to pay him. But I think, but see what happens also. Andy probably got found a way for them not to cut his microphone. He was telling him, watch out behind yeah, Because you got quarterbacks coming in the league in the next couple of years who could be some good players. You got some free, like a Cam Newton may come available again. Uh, you got some guys coming up. So it's like if they don't like Dak like that, they don't have to pay him like that. Maybe they could trade Dak if they wanted to get some for him because if somebody's going to pay him, surely they'll take him. And, and, and that, I, I just want to think there. And, and I think the Cowboys paying themselves in the corner, but if they don't like him, they don't have to pay him. You don't have to give him like $50 million if you don't want to. That's yeah. their choice. Total right, line, Dak. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Get out of here. We got a guest coming later. <laughs> 
see how you treat me, man? Y'all take it easy, man. All right, man. Talk All right, goodbye. Week. All right, goodbye. That's <laughs> crazy, man. All right, so before uh, Jimmy let us know what happened this week, while you're on the grind, just want to remind everybody out there, um, if you want to call in and speak with us about any of today's topics, make sure you do it uh, within hour one. Because as Tobias told you 16 times during his call, we have a guest coming on in hour two. But uh, you can dial the Digital Extreme Tech hotline. That number is 323-410-0012. Just press one when prompted. But if you already listen from your phone, you can just press one if you feel like you want to, you know, make a comment or something. You can also join us in the By the Hood chat room brought to you by By the Hood University. If you've always wanted to learn about the stock market and how to make your money work for you, but you haven't been able to do so, we don't blame you. It's not your fault. This information is not taught in school, but the info is imperative if you want to create wealth and leave a legacy. War Room Sports has partnered with Bada Hood University to help you get started on your journey of learning to invest and possible financial freedom. Go to our website, warroomsports.com. Click on the Bada Hood logo at the bottom of our homepage or on our sponsors and partners page to get started. Use the promo code WRS, all capital letters, WRS, and receive 15% off everything on the By the Hood website. It's not too late to secure your financial legacy. Do it now. What happened this week, Jim? What's Yo. going on? Yes, sir. While you were on the Grizz Naive, it's brought to you by Sports the Book. Bottom line, it's the greatest sports book ever written. You can get it at sportsthebook.com or go to our hub of warroomsports.com. But it's time to give a couple stories that happened this week while you were on the grind. Yeah. Um, First story is a story that's like, you know, growing more legs and more legs as the day goes on, and tomorrow they right. promise like some more fire. But it's uh, rumors of Daniel Snyder uh, sex trafficking. So he's supposedly sex trafficking, drugs, alcohol. Basically, um, you know, he lived a, a frat boy life as the owner of the of the basically, Washington professional football team. Basically clarifying why, the, why Washington's been so trash throughout his tenure. I feel you. Yeah, they had a great time. They didn't win pretty much, but they, you know. But anyway, um, what's interesting about this is, to me at least, it seems like all of the media came together to, like, drop this one. They Wu-Tang planning. Like, you can't tell me this yeah. has nothing to do with his reluctance to go off the team name. Like, so now they're digging up all the dirt. Uh, right. Yeah, yeah. Because cancel culture. No, it's, it's definitely cancel culture. I, I'll, I'll go even a bit deeper in a minute, but some of the stuff that's coming out, what some of the stuff that we're seeing, because first of all, everybody's been teasing it. Like the stories didn't just start coming out. Like they were on Twitter, um, yeah. Facebook, they're, wherever they're else. They were teasing. Like there's a big story coming out about Dan Snyder soon, and you know, and then stuff started to drop with some details in it. Um, some of the stuff we heard already. Remember, we talked last year about the allegations of him kind of pimping out their cheerleaders doing these photo shoots, these topless photo shoots Mm -hmm. overseas and kind of leaving them out there with some of their richer season ticket holders and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a part of these allegations. Like Jimmy said, there's drug use. Um, They say he and uh, Jay Gruden would throw sex parties and all of that kind of stuff. They said Jay Gruden and one of their running backs were sleeping with the same woman and when Jay Gruden found out, he benched that running back, being petty, and his backup, 
supposedly missed the block on the play that broke Alex Smith's leg and possibly ended his career. Now, of course, you know, as soon as I read that, I went back and watched the play. The only way that they are not hyping that is if the running back just did the wrong thing, if he doesn't know his playbook. Because to me, it just looked like he immediately went out on a route. It didn't look like he was even trying to block. So I don't know if they're putting that in the story to hype it, to make it more dramatic, or that, that, that was the point. He was supposed to stay in. If he's supposed he was to stay supposed in on to pass stay home and block. That's a whole different thing. Yeah. Uh, yo, all yeah, goes so, back to some yams. That's crazy, yo. You, you lose your whole career because another man is jealous over somebody, you know what I'm saying, stabbing his chick's taco. Like, that's crazy. And we didn't mention the other allegation that my man is out here paying refs, and which is the funniest one because y'all don't even win. Yo, yeah. your bribery game is trash. <laughs> right. No, his bribery game is probably fine. His team is trash. So it doesn't matter what kind of help you're getting. Like the so, refs so probably, for refs ref probably earned. That's so bad. Y'all still losing. You know, they said the ref, they were certain refs. They didn't, you know, they weren't saying all together. They said certain refs probably earned up $2 million dealing with Dan Snyder. And like I said, they they probably did their part. They probably earned their $2 million, but it's not the ref's fault. It's not the oh. cheap-ass ref's fault that your team is that bad that you can't win even with this help. With help? Damn. <laughs> Yo, the media is trying to get him all the way out the box, dog. They try and get a new so, owner because if, if, if there's any truth to that, that's problematic where you're trying to bribe referee. Like, Yo, they they definitely now, are trying to uh, they trying to Donald Sterling board. They are, and listen, this is word blackmail written all over it, all over it. You guys remember we reported, I think two weeks ago, that two of his minority owners tried to get him to sell them the team a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and he refused. Come on, and then two weeks later, this stuff comes out. So that probably oh, was yeah, a power this is definitely right there. You know like, what look, though? We got this, this stuff from blackmail. You. you give us the team, or <laughs> yeah. And so with that being said, with that being said, this that we we don't get we don't get in positions like that. So it's not blackmail. This is white mail because they try to like, get him for a whole billion dollar franchise. So pretty, pretty much white mail. They try to they try to take him for a, probably what what's what's uh, Washington are, probably they taking, top they are three four. All. Top three, four franchise in the yeah. league as far as you know revenue yeah, is concerned. Yeah, it's Daniel Snyder, though he was paying rest and losing games, the fans are so. Uh, I guess we're gonna call them diehard, or do we call them stupid for continuous, continuous? No, they stupid. We talk. Yeah, we talk. To a lot of them. They are taking Warren's as well. Because you don't have to. They are like, taking <laughs> Warren. Like, well. you, don't, you don't have to not root for your team. You have to stop rooting for your team. You know, to to send a message, but you do have to stop financially supporting your team to send a message. If if he's you know if he's not really feeling the crunch financially, then what incentive does he have to give you a better product than he's been giving you? He getting his shout shout out to the Knicks. Yo yo um yo yo next to next to the Knicks, the Knicks are worse. But Daniel Snyder has disrespected his family for twenty years. Yeah, man, the Knicks might be worse. The Knicks, the Knicks, Knicks be selling out the Garden, and <laughs> yo, they got sixteen power forwards on their team. Unpowerful forwards, like B would say, unpowerful forwards. 
Um, I don't know. It's, it's close. I'm 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 probably biased because I live in this area. So you, yeah, you hate you you, you you live in the area and you from you root against four different teams. So you just hate them because like. No, I, so I'm I, just I, saying, I, I just get to see it close up, and yeah, I, I, I do my part too. You know, I when my team is in town, I try to get to the game so I can you know help bankroll Dan Snyder so he can keep making his money and he never has to do anything. But he's he's not going to be Yo, here. Shout to Dev. Shout to Dev for funding all the coke parties. <laughs> he's not going to be here much longer, and it's, it's apparent at this point. It's very apparent. Shout out to Dev for helping to get Alex Smith leg broke. Yo. <laughs> Hashtag blame Dev. Yo. Um, sent the chicken there to infiltrate. Listen, listen man. The, 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 the Washington professional football team, they said they were going to change their name. But um, hobbyists snatched up 44 trademarks of potential Washington professional football team names. He said a couple of years ago when it became a topic, you know, he was thinking ahead of the curve. So he went ahead and got trademarks on, like, you know, a bunch of different the Washington Red Tails, the Washington, like, Libertarians. He grabbed a bunch of different Warriors. names. Washington, Washington Warriors, uh, Washington Wolverines, like a bunch of stuff. <laughs> Everything you could think of. Look, Jim, yeah, we just he, talked about this on the la- on the latest episode of Safe Space when we talked about that Lady Antebellum thing because, yeah. you know, now that they're going by Lady A and there was already a, a singer, a black singer out there by the name of Lady A, people are now wondering how they're in a position to sue her. It's because they do things that we don't think about. It's It's, I mean, at its core... It's a little unethical. It's a little evil, <laughs> but if you if you think ahead like that, and, a little, and and yeah, and you you trademark every possible nickname around something that you can think of, then one day somebody's gonna have to wrestle with you financially um, to get that from you and get the rights to that. So it's 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 smart as hell. Um, now the, the the group Lady A, they're gonna be way on the wrong side of history for doing what they're doing to that lady right now, because the reason that they supposedly changed their name in the first place was due to you know the the look of the name Lady Antebellum and racism and all of that kind of stuff, and then you you go down to Lady A and now you're just going Bogart a, a black singer off of the name and end up suing her because she doesn't want to work with you with this whole Lady A thing. So this one, now, I mean, pretty much the same thing, but Daniel Snyder is going to have to, if he's still around, but somebody's going to end up having to pay this dude out the wazoo to get one of these names off of him. It's funny because this happens often. I remember it happens also with, like, domain names. I remember a year Warren Sapp got drafted in the league. Um, He actually sued the dude and took him to court, the dude that owned WarrenSapp.com. Because what dude would do is dude would look at the whole NFL draft sheet and just buy the domain name of every player that was getting drafted, and then charge them like, "Yo, I, I need ten grand." Knowing he just paid twelve dollars for it, and he He's flipped names like several years until Warren Sapp felt like, "Yo, I ain't gotta pay this boy. I'm gonna pay him more than he asking just to sue him." Um, hey, dude, for my name. So, yo, yeah, yeah, he felt there was some type of way about that. But anyway, the point the point is this also shows you the arrogance of one Daniel Snyder because. He never thought that he would have to change the Redskin name, because if he right. did, he would have he would himself would have done the due diligence and grabbed some name just in case. But he was so arrogant, he was like, "I'm never going to have to change the name because this is my domain, and I do what I want, and no one tells me what to do. Bring me yeah. some more hookers." 
So therefore, that's what happened. And you know, those vice grips got a little tighter in 2020. You got a little tighter. Yeah, yeah. All right. Absolutely, man. So yeah, this is crazy, man. More, more, more. Uh, watch the professional football well, team news, man. Based on uh, going to an HBCU in the uh, Washington area and community, and knowing some of the young ladies that were uh, Washington professional football team cheerleaders, I just wonder, man. You going out to foreign lands to? Wow. All right, man. Let's, let's move on. Wow, you say man. Cause we, wow, gotta, we gotta hurry man. up anyway. Listen. Sound um, like you got go ask the WNBA or back to us. The W, <laughs> the WNBA, uh, they denied um, uh, Della, uh, what's her name? Della Donna. Elena, Della Donna. Elena Della Donna, whatever her name is. I don't watch. I don't watch chick hoops. But anyway, um, she tried to get an opt. <laughs> yeah. She tried to opt out. She's uh, I did read the article though about and the thing I took from the article was like her um illness or ailment, shall I call it? She has to take like sixty-two pills a day, and I was like, "Yo, who takes sixty-two pills a day?" Her tab is probably ridiculous. Yo, that's a lot of medicine. Is magic? Yeah. So no. So Yo. she has um she has Lyme disease. So the the story goes, she's um her doctor said that you know because the the WNBA I didn't know this till like three days ago are also going to do this whole bubble concept. Um, I forgot where. But her doctor said that it's it's high risk because if she contracts COVID, you know, having Lyme disease and, you know, whatever she's going through already and all the medicine she takes, it could be disastrous. Um, so she asked the WNBA if she had the option of opting out. They told her, no, our doctor said that you're fine and it's not that high of a risk. So they're basically expecting her to play in order to receive her paycheck. Now, her team, the Washington Mystics, on the other hand, and this came up after the fact, said that, oh, you know, we were always going to pay her. Like that, basically trying to say that's between her and the league, but we were always going to pay her. So they just jumped out there to try to make sure they were on the right side of history. We don't know if they're lying or not, but they're probably lying. But no, it, it, it's crazy because first of all, you know, from my limited knowledge of the whole thing, Elena Deladon is one of the league's best players. Oh, yeah. She was she was she very was insulted with how she, you know, she like I've given my blood, sweat, and tears to this league, and then they're just just sit here yeah. and tell me that what my doctors are saying is wrong. And and she was really insulted. That's, that's effed up, yo. She said, really I gave my best. Really, but I and and, and Jimmy's right. She takes. Enough. It says here that she takes sixty-four pills a day. That's twenty-five Yo! before breakfast, another twenty after breakfast, another ten before Dang dinner, up. and another nine before bed. Insane, Jimmy yo. Jimmy said if she stayed where a woman belongs instead of on a basketball court, she'd be all right. Yo, <laughs> Jimmy said nothing of the sort. He told her, be awesome. I said nothing like that. I said nothing like that. He don't watch. I said nothing like that. Ladies, he don't watch y'all. He said he don't watch the women. I don't. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I don't. I mean, I did have a thought about the WNBA, but I'm going to leave it alone because it, it comes off like, you know, I, we live in the cancel Yo, culture, Bert, and I don't want to be canceled. Does Burt so Grind still play? Burt Griner? Or whatever Yo, did you name? see the see, photo? My, 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 
Did you see the photo of, of her balling with no shirt on? Like balling shirtless like a dude? And like looking Yo. like like she had a bird chest like a dude. Like somebody should go to put yeah, a she bird did. She did, though. It, it, Yo. It, 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 I, like there was nothing about her chest that looked Remotely, yo, my, my thought was this, man, and I mean, and I mean this with all due respect, right? Right. Uh-oh. My thought was, <laughs> my, my, Uh-oh. no, I'm just having a thought. You know how they say, like, never mind, because this will come off completely wrong. I was just thinking with all them gathering under the, with with, <laughs> with all them gathering under the bubble, with all them gathered under the bubble, right? You know how they say when uh, when women get together, all never mind. It's just that yeah. I wonder if like their, their, their cycle, oh, if their cycle, cycle never mind, never mind, I'm done, man. I'm leaving it alone, yo. Yeah, leave that alone, leave that alone, man. Yo, she, alone, she wrote man. a letter, she wrote a letter on the Players' Tribune, oh. and there's a photo of her holding all of the pills in both of her hands that she has to take every day. I don't understand, I, I can't even imagine life if you had to do that every day. It seems like, you know, 64 pills... It would seem like that was your lifeline. Like this is what it takes for you to live every day. Yeah, our pharmacy bill off the hook. All right, we only got a few minutes left before we got our guests in here, man. So let's, Yo, man. let's go to the phone line. Yeah, tell everybody what happened. Uh, Yo, we got this yeah, in sports history. You want to go to the phone line? Yeah, I'm gonna go to the phone line first, and then we'll end it with that and get to the guests okay, real quick, okay. man. We got Naj waiting yeah, down man. in Georgia. What up, Naj? What's going on, man? You in the crazy Is ass world room. Applaud? Shout out to Daylight, man. I, I'm, I'm drinking coffee, so I'm ready to cook. We good. We good, gentlemen. Let me say this first and foremost, Shout out to Daylight. man. All of us black men who are out here in these podcast streets create this content and real media for people that they download to their phones every day. Uh, Paul Pierce and Kendrick Perkins cannot stand. This, this, this cannot stand anymore. Like, bro, let's start a GoFundMe. We are going to pay KRS-One to throw them off of a stage anytime they get in front of a microphone. Paul Pierce, Kendrick Perkins, yeah. y'all done in these streets. No more recording, no more broadcast. I had to get that off my chest first. I've never cared for Kendrick Perkins since the moment he stepped in the league. Paul Pierce was my dude of him as and a Paul player, Pierce. but, but, oh, but I don't know what he's doing today. as a broadcaster. It seemed like his whole broadcast life is to Try to make himself look better as a player. Big him, yeah, big him. Big like, him like, true. You got, got cats it. like me on your side, man. You don't have to do all of this to make people. He's a, he got an inferiority in complex. Yeah, yeah they definitely terrible at it. Wait till, wait till y'all see the clip today. Poor Rachel Nichols was sitting there with all kinds of dead air because these two morons couldn't think of anything to say to oh. fill up the second yo. after Kendrick yo. went on his. I think Victor no. Oladipo should play. My, down there. Like, after that. Paul like, Pierce was they funny got, dude. Yo, Kendrick, Kendrick, Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick, I mean, not Kendrick Lamar. Kendrick <laughs> Perkins sounds like a slave. He sounds and acts like a slave. And when did he become so sexually attracted to LeBron, man? Like, it's disgusting. <laughs> the position that dude got to on air. Oh, he is out of control. And terrible at his job, but and again, and terrible at his job. Who's where? All right, so so Kendrick, why 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 so, so are, Nas, why Nas, are we could, Kendrick well, Perkins, ahead. Kendrick Perkins or Booger McFarland? Which one's worse? 
I'm going to have to say Booger because at least it's comic relief. Like, you know Booger's going to say obvious, silly things. Kendrick is just terrible okay. at it, but he's serious. He's completely terrible. Um, what's his name? And he's always a, a LeBron guy too. The tall, light skinned dude that uh, he's on ESPN oh, yeah. sometimes. Um, oh, uh, Ryan Holland for Clipper. Ryan Holland. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. That's it. Ryan who stole a lot of money over his career and is very oh, terrible. That dude right there, that guy cast. right there, he might be. But I'm just saying, man, there's too much talent out here in these podcast streets for these dudes to eat. So again, go fund me, get KRS one. We throwing them off the stage every time they get close to a mic. Yes, the sir. WNBA, bro. Why are we convinced the WNBA actually wants to play in this bubble? Why do we not think that the league is purposefully making this as difficult as possible? <laughs> To end this as quick as possible because they don't really want to do this. You piss off your star player. You got accommodation with roaches and mildew everywhere. Like, bro, the WNBA don't want to do this. Like, that, that, that's that's my statement. You got one of your owners yelling at BLM, talking about black folks are ungrateful and all kinds of things. I don't think the WNBA wants any part of trying to pull off this <laughs> bubble on a budget. The NBA is doing like $2 million a day to, for infrastructure for the budget. What's the WNBA rolling with? Like, did you see their stuff? Like, bro, they they, they got to go. Yo, and, I got a question for go you, Notch. You, you predicted that the NBA would last three weeks. Do so you think you're going to change that now, like, with everything, the way you see it uh, playing out? Do you think you still want to stand on that? It's only going to last a couple of weeks? I, I'm willing to go I'm willing to go shorter after I've seen people ordering Postmates and other nefarious activities that's going on. Rumors of flyouts and whatnot. I'm willing to shorten it, baby. We're trying to get this money, man. But yeah, that's I'm, I'm betting on it, man. I'm trying to get at it. <laughs> this is a good way. What are they? What are they trying out for? Never mind. No, no, no. no. He said flying out. Oh yeah, oh, fly oh, out. Flewed out to I use G. the correct yeah, internet culture. Flewed yeah. out. Yeah, no, nah, listen, man. Listen. <laughs> B. Austin, you may have missed it. They had, they were putting their orders in, and you know they showed the apps on their phone. They ordered from Postmates and OnlyFans. So and OnlyFans, you know, <laughs> OnlyFans. Yeah. Oh man, you couldn't, you couldn't write this stuff, man. This is ridiculous, bro. Oh, and as far as Daniel Snyder, y'all watch the HBO show Succession. Uh, that's the game, baby. Yeah. You playing with the big boys? When you try to do a corporate takeover, you're trying to take that dude out. So you're pulling out all the yep. dirt and all the grime, and it's mighty, Everything. mighty uh, suspicious that the paper that's running this great investigative story is owned by a man who may possibly have an interest in buying the uh, team formerly known as the Washington mm-hmm. Racial Slayers. This is true. So that gets this interesting, too, when you look at that. But, yeah, this is a typical thing, man. Business culture, you're vulnerable. They're going to hit those vulnerabilities and, and possibly try to take over. Snyder got rich young, so I'm sure this dude got a lot of stuff in the closet. Now, the weird thing was all the media telling us, oh, this story, it's going to be the greatest story, and it's going to be groundbreaking, this and that. It's like, why did y'all do that? Because y'all built it up to, a, to an event to where it's like, damn, this is the story we read about in the Times a couple years ago. So right. now everybody's kind of dissatisfied with the story, and it doesn't hit with the same impact. However, mm. <laughs> promising chicks a, a trip outside the country – then they get down there, and you put your scraggly, raggedy season ticket holders on them to lure at like, bruh, that's a level of creep I don't that's, think I've yeah. run into. Like, bro, 
Yo, these are cheerleaders. He really treated them like some hookers, man. <laughs> like, yo, you yeah, can't man. do that, guys. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. <laughs> I ain't saying you uh, gotta go home with him, but just dance with him. Like, what? Yo, he was treating them like them. He was treating them like the Dubai dudes be treating the IG models. Turn them into porta potties. Now that you have arrived, I need your passport. No, no, no. I'm just going to hold it. Let me get it back. So you won't lose it. Like what? Yo, he had him trapped overseas. Yeah. Yeah. And out of my. This is the kind of stuff I I know y'all got a role, man. Yeah. Oh, go ahead. Oh, no, no, I'll just say this is the kind of stuff where I don't understand why people don't think that this is never going to see the light of day. Um, it, it's, it's, it's weird. I saw something else. Now, I don't need, this wasn't in the story I read, but I saw a tweet that said something about Daniel Snyder being on Epstein's list. I'm like, oh, come on. Oh, too? Yeah, see, but, yeah, but that stuff you got to be careful with because right-wingers have taken the real list and added all kinds of names of people they yeah, hate they did. and kind of transferred it all over the internet. So mm-hmm. let them tell it. Yes. Every recording artist, some of them was like nine when the stuff happened. They still had them on the list. So it's hard to trust anything on those lists right now. And, you know, we got they, they got the girl locked up. So we'll, let, let's see what happens, man. Maybe she's a little smarter than Epstein. Make a deal or you could be gone for real. So we'll, we'll see what she does. That real list about to come up. <laughs> Facts. No. Facts. Her funeral her but funeral no, about man. to start. Her suicide, Jim. Her suicide. <laughs> oh, 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 I almost forgot. Mullet head raggedy Mike Gundy. So they bring out the Freedom of Information Act on this dude who's a state employee so they can get his emails and they find out this boy was really about that OAN life. Like trying to do an interview with Trump and talking all this stuff, and remember when he got confronted on it, he lied. To, oh, I, I didn't even know what that network had. It was just a teacher. Mm-hmm. Like Mike Gundy got to get the hell up out of here, bro. We might not be able to fire Dabo because he didn't want too much, but we can get Mike Gundy raggedy ass up out of here, bro. And I'm gonna need everybody yeah. to support that because this is crazy. Absolutely. You gonna sit in a black living room with OAN ties to you and a mullet? We got to talk about some of these grandpa, uh, grandmothers and mothers and father. Like, you let your son leave with him? What's no, up? Like, you got to understand, man. Some of them people, some of them people, yo, the slaves didn't know anything off the plantation, man. So, man, look, Nick Saban at least come to your house and do the two-step lecture slide and all that. He know all the hymns. Like, he know how to pray. Like, Nick yeah. Saban is on his game. This dude out here, yeah. MAGA, recruiting black folks. This is crazy. But, yeah, I know y'all Absolutely. got y'all interview, man, so you get out your way, man. Appreciate it. All right, man, we have let you next week, always, man. Brother. Thanks for your call. <laughs> Much love. All right, man. All right, so uh, before uh, we get, uh, get to this interview, we definitely want to let you guys know what happened this date in sports history, which is brought to you by Digital Extreme Technologies. Do you or your business need a custom website? Well, for dynamic, professional, and most of all, affordable custom website solutions, you need Digital Extreme Technologies. No need to break the bank for an effective online presence. Top quality, results-driven websites at incredibly affordable prices. And yes, financing options are available. So visit DigitalExtremeTech.com or call 267-205-4203. And for discounted rates, be sure to tell them 
that the homies over at War Room Sports sent you. So, all right, this date in sports history, July 16th, 1941, Joe DiMaggio goes three for four in a game, hitting in his 56th straight game. He actually failed to get a hit the next night, which ended his streak at 56 games, which remains to this day the longest hitting streak in Major League Baseball history. Yo, the hit in 56 straight games is crazy. Yo, that's absolutely yo, insane. Yo, hi, hi, hyperbole, hyperbole coming here. I've tried Uh-oh. to hit the ball 56 times off a tee ball, and I, I, I can't do it. So <laughs> that's, that's, that's utterly amazing. All right, well, we're going to get uh, right to this um, because we've talked about it the last few weeks, the decision that McCord Maker made uh, to commit to Howard University. Um, it's been celebrated, especially in the black community, because a lot of people have had these thoughts about uh, what if um, when it comes to HBCUs and college athletics, like what if the top athletes came back and I say come back because before, you know, the, the big schools, the Kentuckys and the Dukes and, and everybody was like that was able to grab all of these athletes, they had to go somewhere before because we weren't allowed to attend or play sports at those schools. So uh, our guest that uh, we're about to have on the line with us, he wrote a novel and it, it it's kind of eerie because this book was published last year, and then McCore Maker made the the decision the that he made. So it kind of, you know, everything in this book kind of came to light. So, you know, you guys will get all the information about the book in this interview, and then you can check our website uh, later on um, if you're interested in, in buying it. It's a great book. It's a page turner. We all read it in a matter of days. But uh, let me shut up and get him over line here. Alrighty. How do we work this board? <laughs> Joining us today inside the war room is Antonio Michelle, author of the visionary novel What Follows, graduate and former men's basketball team member at the illustrious Howard University. Y'all know what it is. His book Um, which was written throughout 2018 and 2019 and ultimately published in September of 2019 is currently picking up a lot of steam um, and tons of acclaim, especially with the decision of maker maker a five-star hoops prospect and a top 20 ranked player in the class of 2020, not only, you know, promising to his intent to attend an HBCU, but to choose, you know, Tony B and my alma mater of Howard University as well. So, Tony, thanks for coming to chop it up in the war room with us, man. How you been, bro? Man, thank you so much for having me. It's such a pleasure to be here with you fellas and uh, to be in the war room, man. This is such an honor. Um, You know, I truly appreciate you. And you know I got to get in the H-U, you know. (laughs) Word. So, look, man, we're going to Hampton. Make all the Hampton Institute folks uh, salty. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we all have to throw that in there. So, look, man, we're going to dive right into this because I want to let you know, first of all, how much of a, a page turner this book was. Jimmy, he's he's the biggest reader of everybody here. You know, he read the book before we even got the book. We didn't even know he was reading the book. And he said, <laughs> he told me that he finished it in three days. And I'm sitting here like, oh, I got a lot of kids running around my house. 
three days, I'm not going to be able to do that. I even told Tony the same thing. I'm like, I'm not going to be able to finish it in three days. I finished it in two days. <laughs> I, I, got, I put it down. Like, I, I, I really ignored my kids for like two days and just read the book. So, um, that was like a vacation. Right. So we talked about it in the intro a little bit, you know, how you've been writing the book since 2018. Um, you know, it was published in 2019. But what was your inspiration for, for even having the thought of putting this to paper? And how long ago did you have that thought? Man, first of all, like this is something that's not new in regards to the whole what if, like, you know, right. what if the elite black athletes were to go to an HBCU over PWI? I'm sure you guys have had this conversation like years ago. I've had this conversation. My uncle used to talk about it. Um, you know, we've heard about it on shows. So that that part of it is nothing new. But actually playing at an HBCU, you know, where I played at Howard University and just living the experience, I used to say to myself, man, there has to be something more. Like everybody keeps saying what if or, you know, imagine if. I was like, what can be, what else can be done about it? We keep saying what if, we keep saying imagine this, imagine that, and nothing changes. So I wanted to do something that could actually bring on change. And the idea that I came up with was to actually tell the story of it happening. I'm like, okay, if we haven't seen it happening yet, let's tell a fictional story of it happening. And therefore our youth can see like, wow, this could really be something like, you know, if I as that particular player made that decision or if a group of my friends and I made this decision. So so that they had something visually to see right. and could see what could come from such a decision. So in short, to answer your question is, I wanted to turn the what if into something actually tangible. Right, right, right. No, and and, and the, yeah. with Maker Maker making that decision to do it, now I don't know, you know, if he's read the book, shout out to him. I hope he has. If not, we'll make sure we get you a copy of that so you can read it and right. kind of see what you're in for. Mandatory. But right, right. But yeah, yeah I, what we've always talked about here is like it's going to take, you know, a really brave kid to be the one to step out there and at least try to start this trend. Because um, it's, it's kind of easy for us to talk about because we're, you know, we're grown. All four of us have, have lived the HBCU experience, but it's hard to put that kind of weight on a 17, 18 year old kid, you know, and expect them to want to basically put on for his whole race. That's why I'm so excited about, you know, the decision he made. Um, Jim? Yeah, so the, the question I have is this, right? So, um, well, is this your only book that you've written? That's the first question. And did you always want to become an author? Because the book was a, an excellent book. Like, I didn't go to Howard. I went to Lincoln University. So I did have the HBCU experience. So, but reading the book, I, I literally wanted to go back to school just for a minute because, you know, <laughs> because of, um, don't, don't incriminate yourself. No, but, but even, even, all right, outside of that, outside of that, part, right? I guess the, um, the, the best compliment you can give an author is that um, their book made you feel something, Paul. Like, whether it's any sort of emotion, whether it's sad, angry, happy, excited, and your book, like, put me through a range of emotions, you know, right. specifically um, with Pops, man. And I don't want to give anything away, but, you know, um, when Pops was giving his, 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 uh, you know, his, um, his speeches, like, um, Furious Styles, you know, got me kind of like, you know, riled up. And then what happens with Pops? So anyway, my question to you is about being an author. 
is that something that you always wanted to do or it just came across, you know, came apart with this book? Like this book came up and you was like, I had this idea and I want to write or is writing something that you always done? Man, great question, Jimmy. First off, this was my this was my first book, first off. And then secondly, no, I had no intention to ever be uh, an author um, to write at all. Not at all. My my intent from the beginning was like I said, I want when I came up with that whole, what can I do about this? What if? How can we do something, you know, in regards to just simply not just saying what if doing the story um is what it's just like my intent was I wanted to bring it to life. So I wanted to have this told across all platforms, book, movie, uh, TV series, Netflix series, stage play, whatever it might be. I wanted the kids to be able to see this across all different platforms to try to bring this into existence. So what's so funny is the book part was essentially just to put the idea out there on paper and to establish it as, hey, this is the story that I want to tell. This is the best um, you know, vehicle to put it out there initially and then all the rest can follow after that. But to answer your question, that, that's as simple as it is right there. That would be a fire Netflix series. I got one more quick question, Jeff. Um, the, the, way, the way you uh, describe Kia, man, makes her sound amazing. I just want to know who was the inspiration for Kia and what's her at name? <laughs> Every... Who's ever set foot on the yard? <laughs> I can answer that for you, Tony. <laughs> thank you, thank you. I'll allow him to answer that for me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> come on, come up with that at name. That's all. I'm sorry. Go ahead, be awesome. <laughs> Yo, man. Shout out, shout out, shout out to the uh, the beautiful young women for all of the ages that have walked across that yard and every other yard of every other HBCU. We, we appreciate you and the influence you've had on our brother, Tony Michelle, and including your goddesshood in this book. Um, Tony, mine is more of a comment, um, you know, F the police. So if you read the book, you understand why I say that and it's, and it's relevant to today's times. Um, but the beauty of, of, of art and, and kind of what you created kind of takes me back to why, I was so excited for uh, Wakanda and the Black Panther. Um, you know, in and of itself, it's like, okay, you got a book, you got a story. It's up to interpretation, whether it's good or it's bad or whatever. But the bottom line is you're creating something that our children can see themselves in and take bits and pieces, both consciously and subconsciously, and and, and live through it and apply it to, to their lives. So So often our stories aren't told by us and, and no one would be more qualified to tell the story um than someone such as yourself who who has actually lived it and just kind of expanding on it so that that really is what made me excited uh about about your story is is the fact that just like panther you know you're you're telling a story that can Come, become a reality. Now we know Black Panther is fiction, right? But to have little kids running around and saying, I'm Black Panther, I'm in Wakanda land, as opposed to I'm Superman or I'm Spider-Man, um, that's a beautiful thing. And that conquers us into Maker Maker and, yo, protect Mikey, hashtag. So I'm, I'm, just, I'm just thankful for you putting that pen to paper and, and coming up with that for, for us, essentially. 
Man, I, I appreciate that so much, B. Um, and one thing I wanted to say in regards to um, uh, McCormaker is I was actually there during homecoming. You know, his official visit was yeah. during homecoming, which was literally that'll do it every time. Why haven't they done that before? Sorry, my bad. <laughs> Man, that would have been that was literally like one month after my book came out. So I was there on campus promoting my book. Um, you know, ran into the ran into the um head coach, Ken Blankley, and told me to, you know, come check him out in the gym. So I went in the gym and got to see his uh his workout. And it was just a thrill. I took some, uh, you know, great video footage of it. I posted some of the video footage on social media. Um, and then afterwards, I did a, uh, a IG story and, and Maker actually re, you know, reposted that story to his story. So that was pretty cool. Right. Um, so, you know, like, hopefully, like you said, hopefully the, um, he has the book or the book might have inspired him, whatever the case. But all I know is right after that homecoming, he, you know, reposted reposted that story on IG. So that definitely made me feel good. And then here we are, um, you know, approaching a year later to see that he's the one that actually makes that decision. And then the ball places goes to Howard. That's what's so crazy to me, you guys. The fact that this book came out in 2019 and in the book, the players go to Howard. And right. now in real life, maker, the, the first five-star athlete, just like in the book, to make this decision is going to Howard University. Like, what are the chances of Kind of mind blowing. Um, sticking with the book a little bit, and like Jimmy said, we don't want to give too much away because we definitely want everybody watching and everybody listening to um, go out and purchase a copy and read it because it's well worth it. Um, some of the themes that you know readers of the book might pick up on a lot of socio political type themes. Um, like Jimmy said, pops in some of the speeches that he gave, aka Coach Knight. Were you purposely trying to get some of that across? Um, you know, because like you said, we're all HBCU grads, so we know what's going on in this country with black people, um, with the police, with inequality, and, you know, just the oppression that we've seen throughout our lives and throughout black people's time here in America. Like, were you purposely trying to get those themes across as kind of a secondary to your story? Actually, it was a it was a huge part of the story, Devin, because you ask yourself this. One of the major things that went into the whole what if or, you know, how can we get, you know, these athletes to go to an HBCU over a PWI when the PWIs had these big arenas and, you know, the glitz and gra uh, glamour, the, um, you know, the uh, chances to go to the pro nationally televised games and all of that. So I said to myself, okay, so if I'm going to do a story about this actually happening, I need to make it realistic as to what makes this first group of kids go. Right. So right. in order to make these group of kids go, and like you said, you know, without getting, giving too much of the story away, I chose to go the social justice route. So obviously an incident happens, a social justice incident happens to Chance Knights, the number one player in the nation, something, um, you know, an incident happens that inspires him to go to an HBCU. And in the book, I've incorporated a lot of different things, like the whole, because it was during the time period, during the Colin Kaepernick uh, with the anthem kneeling. So the anthem kneeling was big during that time in the, in the NFL and the whole Colin Cap story. And I incorporated that in the book where I had, where the players were, 
and, you know, honoring Cap by kneeling before the games and such. Mm-hmm. And so I just wanted it to be a realistic situation, something that could happen in real life that would cause a number one athlete or a group of five-star athletes to make this decision. And what's so crazy about that is, I mean, unfortunately, with what, what's going on, you know, with uh, George Floyd and, and, and just over the years, all of the um, the numerous just uh, just murder, essentially, of unarmed black men by the police, that is a theme in my book. As a matter of fact, as you guys know, the very op- the opening scene to my book yeah. is, an, is an incident yeah. like that. And so I had to have it be something that was realistic. And that's what's so crazy about what's going on now. Even though it was, obviously it was a tragic event and, you, and of course you don't want anything like that to happen, the results of this horrendous event, I mean, look at the results that are happening now and the, cha- the social justice change um, and movement that you're starting to see. And now you're having these kids like Mikey Williams talk about they're going to go to an HBCU or McCor actually going to an HBCU. So how crazy is that, that in my book in 2019, that that's what caused them to go. And then now in real life, right. that's what's causing all of this to come up now. It's just crazy. Right, right, right. Now, I think if there is a movement to be made, it's going to be right off the back of pride because of, you know, what they're seeing on TV right mm-hmm. now every day. Um, like Jimmy said, like the book kind of makes you run through the whole gamut of emotions. Um, started off heavy. So it's like there's a sad component to that. Um there was anger involved. There was a lot of laughter. Like, I'm not going to front. I shed a couple thug tears and <laughs> had a couple of parts. Um, there were parts that made me, like I was watching TV, like jump up and cheer. And I think with it being Howard University, you know, with that being involved, it just made it so much more real to me. So I'm like really rooting, like this stuff is really going on. But yeah. Um, when what I finished, I, I was I was wondering what they was doing. Like I wonder what Chance doing right now. Like and I forgot. They were <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like these people are not real, yo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what Chance doing in the bubble? Like what yeah. are you eating in the bubble? <laughs> <laughs> people ain't real, yo. Right. So, um, when when McCore Maker did, you know, when he came out a couple of weeks ago and actually gave us his intentions publicly. Like, how surreal was that moment for you, uh, being as though you wrote the book, first of all? Second of all, like you just said, you were there while he was visiting campus during homecoming. Like, how surreal was that feeling when he when he actually ended up making that decision? Man, Devin, let me tell you, it's yeah, yeah. I, I found out from everybody else because on social media, you know, I, I've been... I've been preaching it. I've been preaching it at Howard, you know, ever since the book came out, I've done just numerous posts. So the instant that it happened, I started getting all these texts, people <laughs> tagging me, tagging me and stuff. I was like, what's going on? And everybody kept telling me and tagging me about what had happened. And I just, it was surreal is the perfect word to describe it. Right. Um, and I'm just like, it's absolutely amazing. And the fact that it's the same school, first five-star athlete. It's just unbelievable. Now, you know what I want to happen next, because the key point in my book, too, is, and you know, we can talk about this later if you want, but in regards to being able to create that change, and when I say that change, I'm talking about as far as actually winning. 
like actually being able to do something, win, get in the NCAA tournament and do something. So in my book, it's a group of them that go. So let's just say this. Well, in my in my book, it's the Super Seven, but we, you know we'll just say Fab Five. You know, just because everybody's familiar with the Fab Five. So let's say that Fab Five of McCores go. Imagine four more McCores joining him right. at our University. Then you're talking about now. Now what just happened with McCore? This is major. This is the start of that. This is the start of the others coming too. Mm-hmm. But just imagine when we get to the point when five, five, five of them are coming together. We're talking about that team can win the whole thing. Right. And that's why, you know, in the past couple of weeks, the three of us, we've been talking a lot about uh, Mikey Williams because, you know, he's been loud on, on social media as of late. And proud. Loud uh, and proud. Yeah, about his prospects of possibly uh, going to an HBCU as well. Now, the fact that his mom is a Hampton grad, she might not let him go to Howard. Um, but at the same time, either way, it's progress, you know, wherever he ends up going, if he does it. Um, we look to him. I don't know why he's a little younger. He's a little more outspoken. He's a little more flamboyant. So it seems like his his pull is a little bit bigger right now than, than makers. So if he does indeed do it, even if he doesn't, even if they change the NBA rule and he ends up skipping straight to the NBA – I think his words and all the promotion that he's given HBCUs right now, he could be the one to get these other guys to join in groups. Opens up there. Couple, couple reasons. Couple reasons in in my mind why Mikey um, could be even more impactful uh, than than um, Maker is. He's a guard, and it is definitely a guard-dominated game at this point. Uh, making him more relatable to what I guess folks would call the relevant generation or his relevancy yeah, is, is. Maker got is, them guards is, to your feet, though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no. He, uh, you know, he definitely would throw you in the mixer and, and, and pop a J on that S. But um, <laughs> I feel like Mike is more, more relatable. I feel like um, his presence on social media. Mikey has a charisma um, and, and, a, and a reach that even extends itself beyond maker. And we're talking about a kid that's like 12 years old. So it's funny. Um, I'm, 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 I'm hopeful that the, even the noise that he's making on social media, it's like a pebble being thrown in the ocean and that wave only grows. Um, and, and, and folks will, will ride it. Cause if to, to see one major athlete, let alone five, come into the MEAC or come into the HBCU universe, it has the implications of changing things on the NCAA landscape potentially forever. Um, My concern is, you know, are there nefarious forces out there that will fight and list that? And what does that, what does that mean? And how does that look? Of course, of course, and, and they're already they're already going to start fighting it. They don't the quote unquote powers that be do not want this to happen. You know what I'm saying? But um, you know, besides what you're saying about Mikey and him being a mouthpiece and all that, the biggest part of this is going to be Maker coming into Howard, having a great season, and still you know even if he's going to go to one and done route, still getting to his ultimate goal. Then the kids are going to see like. I can still do that and still get to the NBA. Um, as soon as he shows them that, 
you know, I, I think, you know, the exodus could be on. Here's a question, though, Tony, because we, we've heard pushback from some people. Um, I've, I've even had an argument with somebody who's saying that doing black it, these kids will be black doing themselves, yeah, these kids will be doing themselves a disservice because, you know, they're not going to the university that has, um, you know, the all, all the television rights and the and the big facilities and the, the or twenty thousand person arena and the boosters and all that kind of stuff. Like, what would you say to those people um, at this point? Yeah, no, great question. Like, and that's one of the main pushbacks you get in C. And the the thing that I immediately say to them is, why do you think those schools have that stuff? Why does Duke and Kentucky have that right now? It's because of us. So once the shit free, free labor. Yeah, exactly. Once the shift changes and they come home and they come to the HBCUs, where in the world do you think the TVs and ESPN and and everybody is going to want to be and where the TV contracts will ultimately go, where the revenue will ultimately go, where the new arenas will ultimately go? I mean, it would change. B, B, you hit it on the nail when you said change the landscape of college sports. It would change it forever, man. And the reason, think about it, the tough. Back in the day, we couldn't even go to those schools. Kentucky, Kentucky was one of the last schools to integrate, to even allow us to come play at Kentucky. They had their court and arena is named after Adolph Rupp. Are you kidding me? You're going there, you're going, you're going and playing for Kentucky, playing on a court named after a known racist. You're not only making millions for Kentucky while you're there playing for them. When you then leave and go to the NBA, these dudes are donating millions back to Kentucky, where they exactly, went right. one year. And what's so funny, what's ironic about this is I'm sure you guys have heard by now, Boogie Cousins, um, he came out, I believe it was just yesterday, or I know it was getting posted a lot yesterday, yeah. where Boogie Cousins is pushing hard for Mikey Williams now to go to an HBCU, and he's even yeah. saying he wished that he would have made that decision now and everything, you Chris, know? I mean, Chris, Paul, Chris Paul is vocal. Carmelo Anthony is vocal. Yep. Uh, I, I'm thinking LeBron may, you know, he, he's going to check with his handlers and he may become vocal. Um, and, and and the wave in the NBA, if that wave links up, it, it, it could become a reality. It could definitely yeah. become a reality. Power I just want to tell you um, – that I appreciate the way that you talked about Kentucky in the book and those words you put in there. Um, have you have you uh, ever read that book, Forty Million Dollar Slave? It's so funny that you said that because I just referenced it in a um, in a post that I just did. To answer your question, I have not read it, but I have heard amazing things about it. I've heard the um, the Fab Five. You know what if a Fab Five? I heard that quote is in there. The author, the author of that book, uh, Mr. Roden, he actually mentioned me in a. Um, I saw that. Yeah, mm-hmm. in, a, in a comment just the other day, mm-hmm. in the article that he did for ESPN, he oh. mentioned me in the say I was pumped up because it was in the exact same sentence as Chris Paul. So you know I was pumped up. Like, yeah. It's such an honor to be mentioned by him, and so I did a post about that and was talking about his book, um, uh, Forty Million Dollar Slaves. It's funny that you haven't read that because I I thought I thought for sure you did based upon reading your book because yeah. a lot of the history and things you talk about within that book are encompassing the forty million dollar slaves. Wow. Um, so yeah, just, which is an amazing show you that he just thinks the same way, same type of mind state. Yeah. Um, no, but not only you know, Mr. Roden, we we saw like I said in the beginning in the intro that you know your book is 
picking up steam, getting a lot of attention after this decision has been made. So you talk about that comment. And like you said, you were mentioned in the exact same sentence as Chris Paul, who's about to possibly do a documentary on this same type of subject. Um, John Miller uh, wrote a piece about you on the undefeated. Um, you're in the war room. <laughs> the great war room right now. So no, this this is steam. Legendary. This is steam that I feel a book like this needs to pick up. Like I really think everybody who's had this thought, who's had this conversation, who talked about the what ifs, no matter when it was, how long ago it was, or if it was just recently, I think everybody needs to read this because it kind of, like Tony was saying, it kind of answers the what ifs, gives you tangible uh, scenarios to look forward to. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it it just seemed so real to me. It seems like maybe in 10, 20 years, like even though those names are names that you pretty much made up, like people are going to be able to go back to this book and say, like, this was the, the start of this. Like, of this is what happened. This is, part of history. Yeah. this is definitely this is definitely a Netflix series. Like, without question, this is definitely a series. And um, I hope that I hope that comes uh, to fruition for you. Yeah. Uh, yeah, because it's Spring Hill Entertainment. This is definitely a Netflix series in the making. It has like a lot of, um, you know, reminds you of All American a little bit. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So I think this can be an amazing series. Um, and I like to see who they cast for Kia. But, you know, um, <laughs> 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 you know, she's not even real though, Dev. But, you know, um, <laughs> but no, um, I, I actually think that they could happen in. I'm glad that you're getting all the pub that you're getting now because I could only imagine like when I, when I tweet something and I see somebody like, you know, share my thought somewhere else, I feel some type of way about it. So I can only imagine the feeling like, yo, I wrote this. Like I can only imagine the feeling. Cause you, cause you want everybody in the world to know that you wrote this last year. Man, exactly. And um, like this and, isn't riding the wave. Like you did this already. And, and it's crazy because I sent out a tweet and I believe I got to go back and look at my post, but I'm almost positive it was January. Um, I want to say it was January of this year, January 2020. I sent out a post uh, about the whole, you know, Netflix. Um, this would make a great Netflix, make a great movie. Uh, and imagine it being done by an HBCU um, producer, having a HBCU cast, just like HBCU everything. And uh, Terrence J actually re- uh, retweeted that, and that was back in uh, January of this year. Right. So yeah, that was pretty cool. One hey, thing got, I wanted to touch on with, with Chadwick is doing, man. You know, he he he's yeah, on the mother. See what he does. Exactly. Exactly. A little too old to be Chance, though. But I mean, he <laughs> might want to produce. <laughs> yeah. One thing I wanted to point out, though, is you had um, it was one of you that mentioned it. I can't remember which one, but you brought up LeBron James. So imagine this, like it's already getting a lot of attention with the kids themselves actually saying stuff. And, you know, some of the NBA players are now coming out. But imagine the hype this whole movement would get if LeBron James' son, Bronny, ends up doing it. And if I'm not mistaken, Bronny's the same year as Mikey Williams, if I'm not mistaken. Imagine if that class, that 2023 class, ends up going somewhere as a fast five. Imagine the hype around that. Right, and and now and we've also heard some rumors about um, Bronny throwing some HBCUs in his mix at this point. 
Um, not sure if they're the, the rumors are founded on anything or if they're just you know, people just making up stories to jump on this wave. Just trying to be. But, but I, you know, I, to be I, hope, I hope that it's, you know, I hope that it's something. And, but I, what I really hope is that even though this 2023 class might pick up some steam and might be the ones to really make that change, you know, I'm kind of hoping that it happens before that, though. Like, Maker does it. Hey, and hopefully he still, I don't know if uh, Coach Blakely has, some scholarships left, but, you know, maybe he can convince somebody to come with him or at least convince some guys to do something next year, spread it out throughout the MEAC, SWAC. I, I'm, I'm just excited about the whole prospect, man, because banana, you brought up the banana, whole Kentucky thing. Culture. And Kentucky was actually a part of the game that kind of shifted the paradigm in, in, in college basketball. We yeah. kind of celebrate that because Texas – Western uh, threw out five black players and beat Kentucky in the national championship. But at the same time, I always say it kind of backfired on us because after that happened, a lot of schools were willing to segregate, you know, on their basketball team. They were willing to recruit black kids and it's kind of been a wrap for us ever since. So a proud moment kind of backfired on us, but I'm, 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 I'm here for it and I want to see it reverse well, and, and go back to what it's that, supposed that, to be. Uh, that, that is, uh, sp- it speaks to something that we talk about all the time um, on, on our show with, you know, the struggle and plight of black people in America and over that, di- we could say diasporans, um, you know, the, the, the fight for independence versus acceptance or independence versus assimilation. You know, the thought is that when you, you know, when you desegregate or you come together that you are accepted on an equal basis. Nah, they just want to be able to exploit the talent and entertain by it and generate revenue through it. That doesn't mean that the power structure is changing. That doesn't mean that, that, that the resources and the revenues are going into the community where these young men come from or that they represent. And so that's what makes this so powerful you know, for us, because we know why HBCUs were created. There's no denying it. We know the tie that they have to our communities, and we know what NCAA basketball, NCAA sports in general, means both to the to the world and to the national stage, but also to our communities, and the way that education and academia are a focus for, you know, black colleges and universities. You know, when you're going to an HBCU, you can't just be an an athlete, right? You've got to be socially aware. You've got to be, you know, at some level academically aware and, and focused. And so, you know, this could be a cultural shift for student athletes, you know, and, 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 and so that, that's what makes this thing so, so beautiful, man. And I think that's something that you mentioned, Tony, uh, is important in this, in this whole story, um, which is once these guys get to the pros, this is who they're giving their money back to, right? That part isn't talked about enough. That, that part isn't talked about enough. But it also reminds me, uh, for those of us that have, you know, matriculated through an HBCU, that have um, been to an HBCU, understand the culture of an HBCU, it's incumbent upon all of us to give back, right? So I don't care whether you went to Cheney, Lincoln, Howard, Hampton, FAMU, wherever you went, Morehouse, you, a lot of us have to do better, too, in terms of what we give back to those universities. Because um, 
that's just very important. And it's important also, uh, if we're going to get into the big time sports, to have the conversation about boosters. Because um, it's a reality, right? We could try to act like it's not a reality, but it is a reality. So the one thing about um, McCord Maker and what's going on is he has a whole community behind him. Because mm-hmm. he's going to Howard, but it's so much bigger than Howard. Because I, I have friends that went to HBCUs all across the country, and everybody celebrated. Right. And so, as competitive as we all are with each other, yeah, listen, we still look at it like it's one victory for everybody. Listen, all of our homies that went to Hampton, they were celebrating because it's bigger. It's bigger than like you know, it's just bigger than, than our there. institution. Yeah, I mean, they're gonna take yeah, the last right. weapons this season, but you know, they, they're happy for it. <laughs> and I thought of Hampton, we so all man. <laughs> But I'm just saying, like, so I think that's the conversation that needs to be had, too, in terms of, and I know there's going to be a lot of people who went to HBCUs who watch this video. We all have to, you know, do our part. So it's not, you know, just about getting the athletes, but all of us have to do our part. I'm glad you said that. I want to shout out my boy, uh, Jeremy Randall. He told me, um, I, don't know if, um, I don't know if you guys know him or not, but he told me to uh, shout out to, uh, uh, to, to say hi to you guys is what I'm trying to say. Um, Jeremy Randall. What up, Jeremy? What up, Jeremy? I thought about him because what you just said in regards to donating and giving back, Jeremy Randall, he actually runs that as far as like, you know, um, you know, the donations that go back to the school and everything. So, um, you know, people make the, you can make donations through Jeremy and he'll give you all the information and everything. So I, I'm glad you brought that up so I could shout him out. Absolutely. No doubt. Shout out to Jeremy. All right. Last thing before we get you out of here, just real quick. Um, just to kind of where do we go from here? We talked about some things and what it could look like, you know, in order to get other people um, to do this. Uh, Tony, I know you believe in it. You believe in it. So just using your imagination, how do you think it'll look in the next five years? So it's all about the whole progress um, you had mentioned before. So think back. I think back to when I was there at Howard for the uh, homecoming. Mm-hmm. Maker was there during that time, but either either a few days before or a few days after, I can't remember which one it was, Josh Christopher, who was another top 10 player, he might even have been top five, um, was there on his visit as well. He ended up, unfortunately, choosing uh, Arizona State, I believe, but we had two five-star athletes, nationally ranked top 10 five-star athletes visiting Howard um, within like the same week or two of each other. Right. And that's a 50% sign rate right there because we right. got one of them. Right. So what that means is the mm. progress for next year, if we had, think about it, we had two five-stars this year and one committed. So next year, let's say we have five or six that visit and three of them commit. That, that's, where, that's where I see this going. That's where I see the scene picking up. And already, players have already started transferring. I'm sure you guys have seen this, but more Morgan State is loaded up. Yeah, I'm, they just got Sharon Wright Jr. Yes, mm-hmm. yes, they got people transferring. They got um, four-star athletes coming. Um, Norfolk State has some fellas going there, too. So I see this thing. I see it being a snowball effect. That's what I'm hoping and praying for, and that's what I actually see happening. Um, and the next big thing that I think you're going to see, and I think you're going to see it soon, is the whole Fab Five thing that I'm talking about, you know, just like in my book, um, you know, five of them or seven of them, whatever the case is, all going at once, going, because that's where you can see the real change, because a squad like that yeah. could go ahead and get in the NCA and do some serious damage, and one other thing I want to point out as far as where I see this going, 
one of the things that I mentioned in the book towards the end, as far as future, as far as obviously basketball is the best sport for it to start, because like I said, you can go with, at an HBCU, a D1 HBCU like Howard, you can go right to the tournament, NCAA tournament, and win the actual national title. Right. For other sports, you know, certain changes have to happen first, like football and such, but Football, you got to build the program and get into the – it's much harder. Exactly. But I see it happening, and you're already starting to see some signs of that. I'm sure you guys um, saw the other day where the number one ranked football high school player in the nation narrowed his schools down to seven or Mm -hmm. six, whatever it is, and Howard was one of them. Mm -hmm. So that's where I see this thing going, fellas, and I think it's going to happen. Yeah, I'm sorry. One last thing. One thing that I forgot to mention, I cannot leave my ladies out, man. And that's another reason why in regards to the Netflix series, I think it could be huge because you could you could spin it off into so many different seasons in regards to the women doing it and everything and this and that. But I think that you're going to start to see this with the women big time as well. Yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. That's, a, that's a beautiful. That would be a beautiful thing to see it across the yeah. board. Um, and I know that I know that mm-hmm. on a, on another sport, soccer. Uh, shout out to Coach uh, Philip Jow. He's been trying for the last three seasons to resurrect Howard's soccer program because at one time competed for and won the national championship in uh, I believe it was 70, 1973. And he's trying to revisit that and 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 recruit. Um, and get top level Shout out to uh, Coach soccer Lincoln talent Phillip. in. Yeah. We've had the coach of that team. Shout out to Coach. Yeah. yeah, so, you know, it could be tide turning, man. It, it, it is tide turning. No, we're not going to say it could be. It is tide turning. Yeah. No, and that, that and the, the culture of, you know, basketball and sports today, because you guys talked about, you know, people joining up and deciding to make that, that trek together. That's very feasible because Banana. you know we're yeah we're in that culture right now. They do it in the NBA, so that that's that's very possible. Um, so I have a one question for you before we get you out of here is um in terms of like book writing um after you finished this project uh, did it inspire you to want to like you know put the pen and paper again or write more books because you do have a talent there like I said um your book was very moving in a lot of different ways so I, I just wonder like whether yeah, you got the writing book. It really didn't seem like a like a first time author type book. I feel you, Jim. Thank you, guys. I I truly appreciate that. Yeah, great question, Jimmy. I've actually had a bunch of people come to me and say, "Man, when's part two coming? Or when are you going to do the ladies' version of it?" And this and that. And I man, I want my to be honest with you. My goal right now is to take from this story and go have it be on a bigger platform, you know, like a Netflix. And then so and 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 then I could possibly focus on doing those additional stories right now. But right now while this subject is hot, because you know as you fellas know, it takes a long time to actually, you know, write the write the book and everything. So while this yeah. hot and out there, I wanna I just want to take it to that next level like Absolutely. right now. Uh, Jimmy knows because Jimmy is a, a two-time author himself. Yeah, yeah. So I know, I know. Yeah, I know what goes into writing a book. So I, I totally get it. I totally get it. You know, I have, I'm just yeah. trying to see what that volleyball team looks like. So go ahead, <laughs> I have been jotting down book notes for the past eight years. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm still waiting. I'm I, just said, I, can't, I, can't lock in. 
I can't lock in. It's just so. so I, but it, it does. It does take a commitment. It does take a commitment. But I just want you to know that you do have a talent there. Like you have a talent there because you were able to tell a story. Mm-hmm. Um, and like I said, uh, draw emotion out of the reader. So there's, oh, yeah. there's talent. And one thing I want to say, and I appreciate that so much. I truly appreciate you, um, all of you. But that was important to me when I was telling this story because think about it. I'm a, I was a basketball player telling it from a basketball player's perspective, writing it about basketball. I wanted this story to cater to everybody. I wanted women to be able to um, read this story as well as the guys, and you know, you know, as well as the fellas. I wanted the older generation, the younger generation, to be able to. Um, enjoy this story and that's why i incorporated so many different things i mean as you guys know this story is you have a love story you have love story within there love triangle um everything's in there man listen i'm still trying to figure out whether walt's brother is okay like right now today is walt brother okay like (laughs) you know that's what's on my mind right now universal appeal yeah (laughs) no doubt no doubt man no doubt all right so tony this is what we usually do before our guests leave the war room, we basically allow them a second to, to basically do their commercial is what we call it. So, you know, tell us what's next. We talked about it a little bit. Um, let everybody know where they can find the book and, you know. Find you me. on social everything. media. Yeah. Hey, everything. Absolutely. Uh, no, your commercial. Uh, <laughs> yes, the book is right here, What Follows. Um, it's called What Follows by Antonio Michelle. And um, my social media, please, please go visit me at um, IG. It's What Follows Book, um, at What Follows Book. So my IG, at What Follows Book. My, um, let's see, my Twitter is uh, five stars go to HBC. No, I'm sorry. Hold on. Let me, I'm, I'm lying, you guys. Hold on. Yes, that's oh, right. Just send, send us all your social media links and we'll put it okay. in the description box of the episode so people can go down there and click on it and go to all your different social media. So we want to make sure they get, you know, get in contact with you. Perfect, man. That's, and you can get the book at, it's whatfollowsbook.com. Like yeah, whatfollowsbook.com. It's on Amazon. It's on Bars and, Bars and Nobles, uh, Target, Walmart. Yes, but I know a lot of people get it right off of Amazon. All right. And what we'll do also, we'll throw it on the website for a while. And, you know, when they click right on the ad, it'll go right to where they can purchase the book. We, you know, no, no. Family. Uh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt, man. Because, you know, we we, we definitely want to uh, thank you for for coming on and, and, and having this great conversation with us, Tony, man. Your book is truly a prophetic work. Like, I'm not exaggerating when I say that. It's a prophetic work of art. And, um, we hope Maker's Decision is just the start of a whole lot of things to come. Um, you're definitely War Room family, so you're welcome back at any time to talk about, you know, whatever in this realm that you that you want to talk about with us. Um, so uh, thank you again, man. Yeah, when Netflix picks it up, coming. you got to come back yeah. in. Absolutely. No, man. And when they, uh, you know, when they cast in for, like, sports talk dudes, you know, we're gonna be the sports talk people on the show. So um, give us a shout out when you get your Emmy. That's all. Man, absolutely. I got you. Out. War room. No, I'm trying to be on. I'm trying to be on the set because the set is going to be HU. So you, never mind. That might not be. You know. You know. I got you, man. You know. I got you. <laughs> all right. No, 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 Antonio, my wife. My wife doesn't want that. That no, no, I can't. <laughs> 
All right, look, Jim, man. Jim, Jim, I'm gonna introduce you to um whoever uh, whoever's playing Kia's role on the set for sure. She gotta be amazing. Got no doubt. Even if she playing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, she. All right, but look, man. I just want to, you know, thank everybody else out there for for joining us. My bad. I was. I think I muted a little bit when I started saying that. But anyway, like I was saying, um, thank you, brothers and sisters, for joining us for another briefing in the war room. Shout out to everybody in the chat room on Facebook, Twitter, our group chat, and all the callers who called in to chop it up with us. Of course, special thanks to our guest, uh, Tony Michelle. Go out and get that book, What Follows, uh, probably tomorrow. You can go to our website, warroomsports.com. And uh, click on the ad there. It'll take you right to a place where you can purchase that book, man. But thanks again to that brother. It is a great book. Great book. Trust me. We're not just saying that just because he was on the show and we read it. We really read that book in two and three days, uh, respectively. So until next time, everybody, enjoy your weekend. The start of next week. Please stay safe with all this crazy stuff going on out here. Try to do something to make history. And we'll see you right back here next time. Be sure to catch our conversations on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, as well as our blogs, webcasts, and network podcasts on warroomsports.com. Also, make sure you pick up a copy of Jimmy's book at sportstobook.com or warroomsports.com. Until next time, everybody, don't accept mediocrity and be steadfast in the war against ignorance. We'll see you chumps on top. www.warroomsports.com What? Ain't no more to it.